تفضل ابونا دانيال Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Absolve me, fathers. It is a blessing to be with you all and a blessing also to be with my fathers. I wish to thank uh, the love of my fathers, Father Moros and Father Mark and Father Kirolos and Father Mina, to be here in the presence of Father Shnuda, Father Moridius, Father Yohanna, uh, Father Yahnas, who was here, Father Kirolos. Did I get everybody? Am I missing anybody? I, I miss the deacons. <laughs> I almost passed. <laughs> I almost passed. My blessing to be among my fathers and all of you. Thank you for the love. Um, and thanks and praise be to our God for our beloved mother, the pride of our human race, St. Mary. We celebrate her today on the heels of the Feast of the Transfiguration yesterday. We remember how our Lord appeared in splendor on Mount Tabor, flanked by the prophets Moses and Elijah. Moses representing the law, the commandments of our Lord, and Elijah representing the prophets. Holiness adorned in that moment of transfiguration, and our beloved saints Peter, James, and John beheld that glory. But you will notice if you read from the Gospel according to St. Mark, the Lord Jesus left a message to saints Peter, James, and John. He said, do not speak of this until after the resurrection. Why would the Lord say that? Because it is only after the resurrection of our Lord that illumination, enlightenment came to the truth of who Jesus was and the great plan of the saving and life-giving gospel for us all. What about that? Did you know in the early church, when catechumens used to come and learn about the faith, they were not permitted to recite our Lord's Prayer until they were baptized. Because the reasoning of the early fathers was you cannot possibly fathom the meaning of our Lord's Prayer. It will not make sense to you spiritually unless and until you are baptized. What happens when we are baptized? We die and are resurrected. What did Jesus say to the saints who saw his glory? Not until after the resurrection may you speak of this. Why? Because only after the resurrection, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the resurrection of our own souls can we really see and understand the glory of God. St. Mary is known herself as the temple of our God, beholding the glory of God. Her name in Greek is what? Theotokos, meaning what? Mother of God. She is the Christ-bearer. She is the Christ-bearer. So... This speaks 
of a plan of God. And you will find, like any artist, if you look at the work of the artists, even the artists of the iconography in the beautiful church, you will see a theme. Do you not? There is a similarity between the icon of St. Mary here holding our Lord Jesus to the icon here of our Lord Jesus himself to the icon of the Last Supper. Do you see the similarities? You see marked similarities. There is a common theme, a style, a signature. Our Lord's design of salvation is the same. You will see a theme, a style, a signature everywhere you look. And it is no mistake that St. Mary, our beloved mother, was the temple of our Lord Jesus Christ. She beheld him. She beheld God in her womb. She is the Christ-bearer. What happens to you and to me when we become baptized? One baptism for life. Why? We receive, after the baptism, the chrismation, which is the Holy Spirit, and he comes to live inside of us. And the living God lives inside of us, which makes you and me a temple. Do you see the similarity? There is a similarity in that, just as Christ entered into the womb of St. Mary, so God's Holy Spirit enters into you and to me. Just as St. Mary is called a temple of God, so St. Paul calls us temples of God. We house the Holy Spirit. And so we think, how can this be? It is a mystery. It is a marvel. Long ago, when God commanded that the most beautiful temple be built, and David the prophet was faithful to build, what did we see? We saw that the temple was glorious. He longed, David the prophet longed to see it completed. It was glorious, and it was massive, and it was detailed, and it was splendorous. And God, in his wisdom, decided that even more marvelous and splendid, a temple dwelling place would be you and me, my weakness. And so the Spirit of God is living within us. And St. Mary teaches us, out of her love and her humility, how to be temples, how to be temples of the living God. I want to share with you an excerpt from Psalm 45. I think you may find it uh, familiar. If I read for you this passage, Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty, since he is your Lord. Bow to him. The princess is decked in her chamber with gold-woven robes, in many-colored robes. She is led to her king with her virgin companions, her escort in her train. With joy and gladness, they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, you will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. Therefore, the people will praise you forever and ever. 
You know, one key difference between the church in the West and the church in the East, in our Orthodox faith, where we originate, is that we see the rightful place of St. Mary, don't we? The early church fathers, your Orthodox belief is that this passage of Psalm 45 is prophetic of St. Mary. And if you read carefully this verse in Psalm 45, where it is written prophetically about her, I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations, therefore the people will praise you forever and ever. Did you know this is a prophecy regarding St. Mary? And fast forward centuries, when St. Mary, before the Archangel Gabriel, receives the Annunciation, she hears the angel Gabriel say, you will bear a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save our people from their sins. Her answer is powerful. Filled with the Holy Spirit, as she reflects on this, she says in Luke chapter 1, verse 47 and forward, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, this is the part, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. All generations shall call me blessed. What was St. Mary doing? She was reciting the scriptures of Psalm 45, which prophesied, I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. The people will praise you forever and ever. Then fast forward to the book of Revelation in chapter 12 where we see the glory and the majesty of St. Mary in heaven. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. About St. Mary, it was prophesied and fulfilled, at your right hand is the queen. And we know this is true, as our fathers, the apostles, testified to the vision on the feast of St. Mary, her ascension into heaven, where we beheld her seated at the right hand of the Father. How God marvelously brings all of history, past, present, future, and prophecy together is a marvel and a miracle, and we rejoice in our Savior, and we love our mother, St. Mary. To the youth, I want to impress on you that St. Mary loves you. She prays for you. You can ask her, for anything. You can ask her for her prayers as you do ask any one of the fathers, any one of your friends, any one of your family members. Ask her for prayer and know that she loves you very much. She is the mother of our Lord and she is filled with the love of the Lord. And whenever she sees a need, she will not hesitate to go to her master and Lord and say, there is a need. When I was a little boy, I remember fondly that I had a life-changing dream of St. Mary. I was naughty, 
I would do crazy things, set things on fire in the creek. I like to play with matches. St. Mary came to me in a dream and she spoke to me and she said, be right with God. Live your life in the church and know that God loves you. Changed my life. And from that time on, I began to spend my days in the church. Fast forward to 1990, when you, I'm sure, remember in February the account of Miss Semya. Miss Semya in the Port Said region was a woman of great faith. And she was a repentant woman. She began to suffer from cancer. And suffering from cancer, she would require a major life-threatening surgery. She was scared, so she went to spend the night in the home of her father and priest and to Sony. That night before the surgery, Tissoni heard a cry in the guest room and ran in and found Miss Semya with blood everywhere on the sheets, but bandaged. And on the bandages were little crosses. And Miss Semya said to Tissoni, I don't need that surgery anymore. I said, what? St. Mary performed the surgery for me. And I saw another woman next to St. Mary. I didn't know who she was. News got out about this, and there was skepticism. People didn't believe it. Well, they thought, you didn't really have cancer. We don't know what you're trying to pull over on us. St. Mary appeared to Miss Semya and said, I will reveal greater <laughs> miracles still, and more people will come to believe. And so it happened that her hand began to drip oil inexplicably. And an icon of St. Mary nearby also began to drip oil inexplicably. His Holiness Pope Shenouda sent a delegate of bishops and their graces went to investigate and found this miracle to be authentic. St. Mary appeared to Miss Semya and instructed, let this oil be mixed with the oil of the church and distributed all over the world. Because St. Mary is part of the church inseparably. And her concern for the church is worldwide. And this oil began the source of miracles, scores of miracles. I'm not speaking just of a miracle of centuries or decades. I'm speaking of something relatively recent in our history. And you know there have been more recent miracles than this. His Grace Bishop Tedros found that this too, he too found that it was authentic. He began to save this oil and distribute it all over the world. To this day, His Grace will distribute this holy oil. He gives it to the priests, our fathers the priests, and they distribute it and anoint you with it to this day. Tell me, there is, tell me that is not evidence of the love of St. Mary, so that we would never forget her loving presence 
and her concern for all of us. She was, at the instruction of His Holiness, consecrated a deaconess, and she has been dedicating her life and continues to see great miracles in a beautiful relationship with our mother, St. Mary. And by the way, the woman standing next to St. Mary during the surgery, St. Mary later revealed, was St. Elizabeth, the mother of St. John the Baptist. Only a year or two later, I had the blessing of seeing another miracle. And this was really personal. As Father Mark mentioned, I was at... Uh, at Chicago and I had gone to a school called Knox College in a region of Illinois known as Galesburg, southwest of Peoria. About three and a half hours from Chicago, if I remember correctly. Anyway, back then we didn't have cell phones so much, barely had email. I couldn't book a ticket online if I wanted to because there was really no way to do it. I heard about a miracle happening happening in the Church of Cleveland. And there, I thought, I have to go. So I prayed. I said, Lord, if it's your will, let me go and see this beautiful miracle with my own eyes. I'll come back and share in the college about it. So I did the old school thing, and I drove into town, and I went into a travel agent. Do you remember those people? <laughs> And I sat down, and I, I spoke with the travel agent. And I said, how, do you, how, do, how can you get me to Chicago? And then from there, I need to get to Cleveland. And so she said, you know what? Let me look for you. But the time was short, and I wanted to leave later that day. She said, I'm so sorry. Sold out. I said, let God's will be done. Thank you. No worries. I went back to my dormitory. And I said, Lord, your will be done. To my surprise, I got a call. And she said to me, Sir, I think I can get you a seat. I know this flight is full, but one just opened up. You want it? I said, yes. So she booked me. Then I had to get a ride to the airport, and I found one. On the way, I thought to myself, how am I going to get a ride from Cleveland, and what do I do? So I thought, once I get into Chicago, get my connection, I'll call from a payphone. Do you remember those payphones? So I get in to Chicago, and there's weather. It's not good, and they make an announcement. The flight is delayed, and... The flight is overbooked, and we can't get everybody on this flight, so some of you are going to have to take the next flight tomorrow. So I thought, okay, Lord, your will be done. Long story short, I got a seat, and as I was boarding, one of the flight employees, the airline employees, turned to me and said, you're lucky. I said, why? She said, you have the last seat on this plane, and they closed the door. I said, thank you, Lord. Before, when I thought I'd end up spending the night in Chicago, I made the call to a friend. I said, Mark, remember me from the old conventions? I'm coming to Cleveland. 
can you put me up for the night? I want to see the miracle of St. Mary. And I left a message on an answering machine. Do you remember with the cassette tapes? Some of you don't know what tapes are, do you? It was one of those where you go beep, and then you hear shh, 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 and then you leave the message. I left a message on that machine. I said, Mark, can you possibly put me up for the night and pick me up from the airport? That was it. I had no time for anything else. I hung up the phone and I said, Lord, thy will be done. I landed in Cleveland. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I found Mark. He picked me up. He said, you have no idea how lucky you are. I said, why? He said, I moved out of my apartment, but I forgot my answering machine. I went back for my answering machine and I saw a light. It was blinking. Do you remember lights blinking on answering machines? So I pushed the button, and it was you. I was so happy. I said, I'm more happy than you are. <laughs> I'm glad you came to pick me up. Thank you. He took me to the church, and I enjoyed the great blessing of seeing the miracle for myself. And I took some oil, and I brought it home, and was deeply blessed that day. I went back to college, and I shared all that St. Mary has done. People who were Christian but not Orthodox, people who were not Christian at all, and they were all marveling at this miracle, and particularly that we had documented evidence of supernatural miracles, inexplicable by science, healing, and wonder. Whether in the United States or across the pond, we have all over the world St. Mary appearing and performing miracles. What do these miracles mean? She has appeared to young people, warning them and beseeching them to pray, warning them to maintain their purity, warning them to maintain, maintain their faith, and exhorting them that prayer is so powerful you can stop wars with prayer. She asks of us to live pure lives of intentional devotion to God. And during this fast, we are in a revival. You are here on a Friday night enjoying the purity and the blessing of worshiping our Lord and praising his mother, our mother, St. Mary. So, purity, devotion, intentionality in your faith matters. I encourage you tonight to think long and hard about whether you've been faithful to the Holy Spirit living in you, the temple of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is like a, a pilot light, like in the fireplace. If you look really carefully, you can see this dim blue light. It's always on. We keep it on all the time. The Holy Spirit who lives in you does not force himself on you, and he does not possess you by force but he lives in you. And if you will yield to him and you will come and repent of your sins, you will find that that little pilot light will ignite into a fire so great and so powerful, so much so that St. Paul had to write in Romans chapter 8, do you not know that the Spirit of God who rose Christ from the dead is the same Spirit who lives in you? This powerful Holy Spirit lives in you, the one who rose Christ from the dead. Therefore, my question for all of us tonight is, are we really submitted to God? 
Are we really devoted to God? How do I know? Well, first I have to ask myself, am I in confession? You know what confession is? A spiritual shower. What happens when you don't take a physical shower? Some, of, some people say, I haven't confessed in years. What happens if you don't take a shower for years? Does anybody want to be around you? If I go before God and I haven't taken my spiritual shower in years, I can't imagine he doesn't smell me. I can't imagine he doesn't smell me. Don't you think if Isaiah the prophet had a vision before God, a prophet, if Isaiah the prophet had a vision before God and said, woe is me, I am doomed, for I have seen the living God, it took an angel to come down and take a coal and touch his lips and say, see, now you are pure and you may stand before the image of God. During this revival, have we placed confession as our priority? You have spiritual fathers here, many great spiritual fathers who love you deeply and adore you and serve for you out of love for God. And they are waiting to take your confession. Why not take that time to set that confession and ask the Lord to be forgiven? And the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So many miracles and so much to rejoice. We remember the contemplations of St. John Chrysostom. As he said, angels speak with a virgin, and this virgin is the mother of our Savior. Contemplating about the Annunciation, Archangel Gabriel was sent to St. Mary that the dishonor of womanhood might be transformed now into honor, and now she is the pride of our human race. May we look to her as our example and say, as she once said, may everything that you have said about me come true, and glory be to 